before we jump in uh, to the message today, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, it was funny, I was actually talking to somebody a few weeks ago uh, about K2. They've been here from the beginning. They said, man, you guys used, sometimes it feels like you've maybe just kind of settled into a groove here, and you guys used to like shock us all the time. And, and so we just thought, well, let's shock you. So are you ready? All right, very good. That's not bad. Okay, here we go. So, so here's the deal. The title of today's message is Walk Across the Room. And we are really, again, we're in the series called More Room to Be Tight. And just realizing, again, we say it, we say it all the time that, that going to church is, is the first step. But actually, being the church is a different deal. And because it's all really all about relationship. And I was reminded pretty strongly this week that it's really about love is what it's really about. That's all it is. And so what we're going to do here is we wanted to give you a chance. <clears throat> if you've just been coming, and maybe there hasn't been a real easy opportunity just to meet some people um, who, who you might actually be able to build some relationship with. There's lots of different ways. You can meet people like Jason did through things you're interested in. There's lots of different things that you can do through that. Sometimes it's through what you do in your work, and you just relate to people in that nature. But we also know that another way to possibly connect with people is to find out the people who are in your neighborhood. <laughs> The people that you actually live by. I mean, sometimes there are people that live right down your street or in the next street over who come here, and you might not even know that. And so we're going to give us a chance by doing this. If everybody could stand up who has a sign. Uh, uh, oh, well, come, come on. Okay, yeah, get up here. And uh, what we do is we have, uh, we're going to actually ask you to sit by the people who are in your neighborhood today for the service. And so um, they're all going to come forward. And this is actually the south part of the back. Wow, with all the banners in here, it looks like a political party or something. All right, Midvale, we'll see you later. <laughs> all right, well, thanks for uh, playing along with us. And uh, <laughs> we're such creatures of habit. I'm sure some of you are going, yeah, I'm not digging this at all. I always sit here. Anybody like that? Man, I'm never in the back of the room. By the way, back of the room, is that uh, downtown? We are with you. Yeah. There's like no one down here. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Utah County. I am technically in Provo right now. <laughs> hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for moving. It's going to make a whole lot more sense in a little while as we uh, end out our time together. And uh, so we'll get to uh, the method behind all this madness in just a little bit. So we've, we've themed this whole entire day, walk across the room, and uh, we're kind of talking about all our comfort zones and, and uh, moving and getting near new people, and so that's kind of where we're going to hang today. And when we talk about walking across the room, we kind of stole this thought a little bit, this theme, from a great book by Bill Hybels entitled, Just Walk Across the Room. Maybe you've heard about this book. It's a great book. Uh, encourage you to get it, pick it up. He wrote this book about his experience where he was at a, at a conference and he caught the eye of a guy across the room and uh, they walked across the room to each other and it started in a phenomenal connection and a relationship that just grew and a, a great story came out of that. And that's how Bill starts his book and uh, the experience that, that he had with God in the midst of this. And here's what Bill says in his book. He kind of deals with this question here. He says, what if you knew that by simply crossing the room and saying hello to somebody, you could literally change that person's life in your own? 
by engaging with someone, if, if their life and your life could be radically different, would you do it? Would you do it? And then he does this math. And here's Bill Heibel's math here. The average person walks about 10,000 steps a day. Would you say that's about right? People, wear the, anybody wear those little pedometers that used to be big a couple years ago, kind of walk, walk in, and, and about 10,000 steps a day is, is, is roughly the distance that you would travel from sunrise to sunset. And over the course of a lifetime, that's about 115,000 miles. Oh, man, 115,000 miles that you would walk in your lifetime. That's enough to go around the whole entire planet four times. And, 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 and that's the average distance that the, the person miles. The average distance across the room is like 20 feet. That's about 10 steps. And so Bill, in this book, he asks this question. What if in like 10 steps, that's like one, one, one thousandth, thousand, I can't even say it, of your daily walking, of your daily steps, what if just in those steps alone, you could actually impact somebody's life and end up impacting your own? Would you do it? Would, would it change the way you actually walk through your day? Would it impact you enough to kind of pause for a moment and start noticing other people around you? Where you work, where you go to school, in your neighborhoods. And so the, for, the focus of this morning is that. It, it is so easy, and man, just speaking for my life, it is so easy to get just lost in the comfort of my life. Would you agree with that? Just lost in the day-to-day scheduling, just in the things I got to do. And I believe oftentimes we miss amazing opportunities to connect our lives with other people. In fact, I actually start to wonder um, how many relationships we miss out, Even, even right here at K2, right in this room right now, how many relationships we miss out on or how many deep friendships actually never happen or come to be because we, we don't move outside of our comfort zone. Because we're just stuck in this place. And I have to pause and ask this. Aren't you glad that, that God never did that? <laughs> I mean, seriously. That, that, that God just isn't so concerned about his own affairs and his own, own uh, you know, just overseeing the universe, the whole entire galaxy. Aren't you glad he's just not so concerned with his own comfort zone that he actually forgot to send Jesus Christ? That would be horrible. So I'm pretty glad uh, as I read the scripture that God took time to actually initiate with us. And because of that initiation, that it actually changes my, changes my life. And, and the Bible says that, that I, I only have a capacity to love. This is written right in the scriptures. I only have a capacity to love because God initiated and actually loved me first. And thank God that he did that. And so this phrase this morning, walking across the room, is, is simply, simply constantly watching, you and I constantly watching in, in, in for ways to connect our lives and to actually turn around and give the, the greatest of all the gifts to the people around me. And that's, that's God through me. That's God in the midst of our relationship. That's Him initiating with me so that I can actually in turn initiate with others. And I believe that's probably one of the greatest gifts that we bring is God through us, walking, uh, walking across the room. That, that's what it is. It's, it's saying, God, would you just use me <laughs> right here in this place at K2, in my life, on my street, in my business, in my schools, wherever it might be, would you just use me 
and do whatever you want with me so that I would walk across the room and be your, your tangible hands, your, your, your loving arms, your feet, to impact, to go into relationship with people. And so in the, in the few minutes we have left this morning, I just I want to ask the question, so how do we actually start to walk across the room? What does that look like? Tangibly, what does that entail? And I think that uh, as we look at Scripture, there's, there's about three different steps that will actually get us moving and get some traction to help us move across the room and to actually engage people. So I want to I pour out like three different steps that you and I can wrap our brains around and, 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 and learn how to engage the opportunity that God has given us in the relationships, not only here, but, but outside of K2, wherever we find ourselves, and, uh, and to be able to share these relationships with God in the midst of it. And, and so grab your, uh, your program. I encourage you to do this all the time. Grab the program, rip a, the pen off of the person next to you, whatever, share it, and just, just write down some thoughts, because this week I'd love for you to reflect on it, and at the end of our time together today, I'm going to give you a challenge. And so these notes might actually give, give you some traction as you move into this, this week. So three kind of steps in walking across the room that would help us to engage with others. And here's the first step. If we are going to walk across the room, you and I have got to be willing to enter the zone of the unknown. And I would just write that. If you're writing down on your notes there, just write the zone of the unknown. That's the first step of actually walking across the room. And, and here's kind of what I mean by that. Is that um, oftentimes we kind of find ourselves in this great little comfort zone, right? My personal space is probably about this big, depending on where people are standing. Anybody got like a you know, large personal space? This is kind of my comfort zone. This is what I really like, and, and we each kind of have this circle of comfort, and it's, it's not like the circle of trust, you know, and meet the parents. It's kind of different, the circle of, of comfort, and, and in this circle of comfort, it's, it's where I'm, I'm very comfortable, and, and, and uh, I find myself here, you know, pretty regularly on this, this, this circle of comfort. I, I, uh, maybe I have kids in youth sports, right? And when, and when I go to youth sports, might be basketball, football, whatever it is, I end up sitting next to a lot of the same parents, right? Because I'm comfortable with them. I kind of know them. So I end up connecting with them. Maybe here at K2, when you're out in the K2 lobby, or maybe even in here. And by the way, um, I can't do this for the back, but in the front, I pretty much know where you guys sit, right? Mary's pretty regular right there, right? And you're even there now. That's pretty cool. <laughs> After even moving around. You plan that well. And, and you guys have kind of your own places where you sit. And in the K2 lobby, you might have the particular people that you hang out with, right? Because you know them. It's comfortable. And that's not bad, right? It's not bad. Because it's, it's not only comfortable, but it's, it's safe. Because kind of in my, in my sphere, my circle of comfort, I kind of know what's going on. In, in kind of a weird kind of way, I can sort of control that to some extent. And so it's my circle of comfort, and it, fe it feels good. It feels good. It feels good to be in the circle of comfort, and so here I am in that. But, but the step one to actually walking across the room and, and connecting my life with other people means that sometimes I got to get out of the circle of comfort. Ah, I don't want to get out of the circle of comfort. I really like it in here. It's pretty nice. I can keep people. Just walk around with one of these at K2. People won't even get near you, right? Hey, that's about the right distance right there. I'll take some coffee. Thanks. Right? It's the circle of comfort. But, but, but what's on the outside of the circle of comfort? Okay, that's a whole different story. It's the zone of the unknown. 
Now, the zone of the unknown is, it's a lot scarier than the circle of comfort. In the circle of comfort, I kind of know what's going down. In the zone of the unknown, it's new conversations, it's new people, it's new relationships, new co-workers, it's new territory. I'm out of my element. Because, because in my circle of comfort, I'm kind of in control. In the zone of the unknown, anything could happen. And it could be really uncomfortable. So I went to a dinner recently. And it was a dinner where I actually didn't know anyone. Well, I knew two people, but they were way across the other side. That was it. I didn't know anybody else. And my wife wasn't with me either. And so I was standing there with my plate of stuff. And I'm like, I could go sit next to the two people that I know. But they're way over there, and their table was already full. I'm like, oh, okay. So I sat down right here at this table. Lots of people. They're having fun talking. And I'm sure it was my imagination, but as soon as I sat down, it was like everyone went and looked the other way. I'm like, seriously, really? So I'm sitting there eating for a few minutes. I turn to the guy next to me. I'm dead serious. I go, so what do you do for a living? Hi, I'm Andy. What do you do for a living? And he goes, I pretty much watch TV. <laughs> cool. Yeah, how's that working out for you? You know, I mean, I, I, and he turns away, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. So there's a, there's a lady in my right, and uh, so I ask her, I'm like, hey, so I'm Andy and blah, 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 and so what do you do for a living? I work. I'm dead serious. I work. I'm like, that's brilliant. I, like, I had all these sarcastic thoughts in my head, and I'm getting bitter by the moment. And all these people, I like, try to engage in their conversation, and they're, they're laughing and joking. I'm like, ha, 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 yeah. And they look at me like, dude, you're an idiot. <laughs> and so I'm struggling with, you guys, I'm not making, you can't make this up. And I'm sitting there at this table, and I just, I say to God, I'm like, okay, God, I'm trying to engage here. And I seriously hear from God, just eat your ribs, chill. I'm like, all right, I'm good with that. And I did. <laughs> That's horrible. The zone of the unknown sometimes freaks me out. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm pretty out there. I'm, I, you know, I, I'm not super introverted. In case you know, I'm not that guy. I'm pretty, I'm pretty extroverted. But even in some kind of zones, I can't even handle it sometimes. But here's the question. Is it worth the risk? Is it worth the risk to walk across the room into the zone of the unknown? Is it, is it worth the risk to get uncomfortable, to enter into these conversations, these relationships that, that might, have, it might have an eternal ramification? Is it worth the risk? And I love this quote by, by Bill Hybels. It is so sobering to me. It kicked me in the rear when I read this, and I want to read it to you. Here's what he said. The day Christ followers like you and me stop taking the walks across the room in this manner. The day we stay glued to our circles of comfort and refuse to make the walk, refuse to enter the zone of the unknown, the day Christ followers like you and me stop doing that sort of stuff, it's lights out for the kingdom of God here on earth. It is the beginning of the end of redemptive history. It's the slow defeat of the church. It's the end of the dream of Christ that people on earth would know him. And he goes on to say, and be in relationship. The day we stop walking across the room, not only in here, but out there, we're done. We're finished. And it is my hope and prayer for this church, always has been from day one, that we would be a church with open hearts, hearts and spirits that are transformed into walk across the room type people. 
And you just think about it this morning, the number of people that are going to come to K2 this morning, the number of relationships that happen in here, the number of relationships that are connected to K2 people that actually happen out there too. And if we would take time to walk across the room in here with each other and out there, the reality is that thousands, thousands of lives could be changed. Seriously, thousands of lives can be changed eternally if you and I would start to walk across the room, meaning getting into the zone of the unknown. I think here's a problem, though, and uh, I'm, I'm going to talk to you guys who have been kind of hanging out in churches for a long time. Maybe you've been walking with Christ for a long time. I think there, there tends to be a problem that short-circuits this, this risk and it tends to be that sometimes when we've been walking with Christ for a long time, we, we develop like spiritual amnesia, right? If I were to ask you, you know, if you've given your life to Christ, if you consider yourself a Christ follower, if I were to ask you, think back to the time when you became a Christian, right? When you, when you gave your life to Christ, think back to that. Remember, remember what it was like. And you might even say, it was amazing, it was mind-blowing, it was, it was unbelievable what happened when, when, I, when I collided with God, when I finally got it, you, you would talk about how you probably couldn't get enough of it. When, you, you would probably talk about how you would spend time just really pouring over the, the Word and reading and praying and interacting with God in different parts of your day. And, and you probably remember a time when you didn't care about who you were talking to about God, Right? I've told you the story before, Scott, I don't have time to tell it again, but a guy in, a guy in college who, who finally found Christ, and he ran to me one day, and he goes, guess what? And we're in a public place. He's like, I found Christ. I'm like, keep it down. Keep it down. We're in a public place. He didn't care. He didn't care because his life was so impacted. Do you remember that? Do you remember that time? Man, but see, something happens. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But over time, our hearts get weird, <laughs> and we get plugged into a church, which is a great thing, and we, we come to weekend services, which is fantastic, and we get plugged into small groups, and we do these things. It's great. All of that stuff is fantastic, but sometimes we just build a real circle of comfort around us, and we forget, we forget what Christ did in our life. So we don't walk across the room as much as we once did. We're not as risky as we once were. Because my circle of comfort is nice. It's warm. It's safe. And i got to tell you, folks, God is calling us to be his body. It has everything to do with being risky. We say it all the time that there is no optional plan. <laughs> you and I are God's plan. We are God's plan to push out the walls of this kingdom, not only in relationship in here, but in relationship out there. His plan is to do it through you and me. And you and I tend to short-circuit that when we get into these circles of real comfort to where we don't want to get out. And it's just becoming about us. So the question I have for you is, are you willing? Are you willing to go to the zone of the unknown? It's scary, I'm telling you. It's unknown. It's it's not certain, but I can tell you one thing. If you never go, you will miss out on one of the greatest opportunity 
that God has for you to engage with those around you. I think the second thing that we need to understand when it comes to this walking across the room is that it isn't a man-made deal. Um, this isn't some kind of human strategy. It's, this, is, this is totally a God thing. Relationships are totally a God thing. Walking across the room is, and getting into risky uh, uh, scenarios where God can totally use us and saying, God, just have your way with it. It's totally a God thing. Stepping into the zone of the unknown. And so this kind of leads into step two. Is that I've got to be willing to step out and risk in relationship, not only in here, but out there. But the second step that I see in God's word is this. Is that we've got to listen for the Spirit's promptings. So if you're writing down, I would just say, listen for the Spirit's promptings, or listen to the Spirit. See, in order to be effective in the zone of the unknown, we've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. We've got to listen to His promptings every step of the way. Now listen, finding adequate words or, or, or phrases or the ability to idea or, or explain what promptings of the Holy Spirit looks like, it's not an easy task. Promptings of the Holy Spirit are very uh, uh, mysterious, they're sometimes phenomenal, they're, they're sometimes intangible, but they are very real. And, and some of you know what I'm talking about. When you're walking by somebody and, and suddenly you get this pause, this check, this flag that goes up and says, you should connect with him. The, the Holy Spirit does this in relationship. It's an amazing thing. In fact, promptings, uh, they have been very present in the lives of Christ followers ever since Jesus left and, and he ascended back to heaven. And here in Acts chapter 1, verses eight, uh, verse 8, Jesus talked about this. He talks about the Holy Spirit coming, giving us power, and in turn, really guiding us. And here's what it said, and you can see it on the screen here. Chapter 1, verse 8. But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power and will tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And Jesus is basically saying here, you have my power. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, I can almost hear Jesus saying, it's as if he's saying, okay, if you think you're missing something here, <laughs> if, you, if you feel like you don't have book smarts or street smarts or, or the talents or the ability to blah, 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 or speak or accomplish the mission, if you feel like you're missing something, just hold tight. Don't be concerned about those things because I am giving you someone, the Holy Spirit, that will give you power. And the type of power he's talking about here is life transforming, this death-defying, mountain-moving type power. And along with that power comes wisdom. It's the Holy Spirit in you when you are in Christ. And then later on in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, Paul builds on it like this. And he says this. So since we live in the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So not only do I have the power and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit in my life, but if, I, but if I'm with the Spirit, if I'm in the Spirit, which means I'm in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, then I have to keep in step with the Spirit. So what Paul is saying to the Galatians here is he's saying, consider tapping in to the power of God. Tap into that power. This, this, this power is living right inside of you. And this concept applies to you and me today. We have access to the Holy Spirit inside of us to guide us, to motivate us, to inspire us in relationship with other people as we step into the unknown. 
into the zone of, 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 of unknown in my life, and I walk across the room, the Holy Spirit gives me promptings. He leads me. I think the problem, though, is that some of us um, may not really know what that looks like in our life, and, 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 and I think sometimes we, we think that somewhere along the line it's got to be really grand. If the Holy Spirit's going to move my life, it's got to be unbelievably grand, and and maybe you've seen the, 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 you know, the preacher on television and he tells the story like this. Well, I was on my way to the airport and I was in the taxi and I got this prompting to talk to the taxi driver about God. And so I, I began to share God with him. And by the time we got to the airport, the guy gave his life to Christ. And so I got out and I checked my bags at, curb, at curbside and I got this prompting again from the Holy Spirit. And so I led the people at curbside to Christ. It was amazing. And as I walked down towards the gate, the security guys were wanding me down, and I shared Christ with them, and I got this prompting right then, and they all gave their life to Christ. Got on the plane, right? The guy sitting next to me got this prompt, and he became, and the family across the row came, and before you knew it, we had a church on board. We went to baggage claim, stopped by the fountain, had a baptism. <laughs> that same day, we planted a church in Draper, because <laughs> there's no one right here. And I think if we, I think somewhere along the line, we, we've convinced ourselves that, man, I must not be, you know, being led by the Holy Spirit if it's not grand like that. But I think the Holy Spirit leads in these little nudges all day long. And if you are with Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit and his wisdom is with you when you step out into the unknown and say, God, I'll just do whatever you want. I'm available. Use me as you want in relationship at K2 and out there. He says he will. That's his promise to you and me. One of the promptings that I heard not too long ago was in a, uh, a parking lot. <laughs> Scared me to death. It was the parking lot of a motorcycle shop. And I'm sitting there on my bike. And uh, there's all these bikers next to me. And I get this prompting. It was clear as day. God saying, connect your life with the bikers. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> you know? And I fought that for a long time. And I didn't really know how to do that. And I started kind of sweating a little bit, you know? And my heart started pounding, and two steps into it, I was ready to throw up. <laughs> These guys are bad, and they're big. And I walked over there, and, you know, it's not really mean when you drive a metric bike from Japan. I don't know what the deal is, but all these guys on, on like, Harleys and stuff like that, I'm like, hey, I've got a Suzuki, you know? So I've got that going against me. I'm not allowed to wear anything Harley because you don't drive a Harley. You can't wear the Harley, right? So I walk up, and these guys are real bad. And I'm like, hey, hey. So I don't even know what I said. It was dumb. I'm like, so, you ride? You know, I mean, it was just stupid. I didn't say that, but I don't know what I said. It was just like, I'm just hanging around. You know, they're tolerating me. And uh, sooner or later, we started writing together, though. It was very cool. We started writing together. And a lot of these guys, like, like we started to know each other. And everyone has a nickname. Like, I'm not Andy. That's not, that's not like bad, right? And so um, <laughs> my wife saw me one day, and uh, she's like, you need a name. And, and I'm like on my motorcycle and got the attitude, right? She's like, you're like the big bad wolf. I'm like, that's my name, Big Bad. So I told the group, and they didn't like it. So they gave me the name. I don't know why I didn't fly. They gave me the name The Rev for Reverend. Not as good as Bid Bad. I totally <laughs> pointed that out. I'm like, come on, man. That's not bad. The Rev. 
started showing up to their parties. We went on, uh, man, I don't even know what they're called. We went on these runs. Yeah, don't, don't do that. They, you just bar hop all day. <laughs> it was cool, though. It was really cool. Our lives got entwined. And some of you are sitting here today, and you're, you're nodding because you're actually here because of that. There's several of you here. Kai, he'll be at the next, the next service. He always comes to the middle service. And guess what? Some of the guys that actually have, have come to K2 actually now have told some of their family members. And, and you're sitting here today, and you know who you are because you're here. I don't tell you that to go, oh, I totally have it together. Because the last thing you want to be is a pastor in a biker club, right? <laughs> but through sweating and a sick stomach, just taking a step into the zone of the unknown and saying, God, whatever you want, just don't let me get beat up, but whatever you want, just do it. Just walk, help me walk across the room. And I feel like the key to that the key to really hearing God's promptings, the key to really, really understanding what he wants you to do, not only in relationship here as you, as you meet people here at K2, but in relationship out where you're living your life Monday through Saturday, I think the key there to understand, to really hear God's desire for you through the Holy Spirit is to stay connected and knitted together with God so that I can actually hear the promptings of the Spirit so I can be ready to respond, so I can be used the way he wants to use me in people's lives. So and it starts by saying, okay, God, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to op start opening my eyes and my ears and, and for opportunities. I'm going to see what you're doing. And when I feel prompted by you, I'm going to walk across the room. And it's going to be dirty and it's going to be uh, awkward and they're going to give me funny names and, and I, I'm going to feel weird about it, but I'm going to walk across the room because people matter to you. And because people matter to you, guess what? I matter to you, God, too. And I now have the capacity to love God because you loved me. So I'm going to walk across the room. I think the best example of this is Jesus himself. Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. We, we see this modeled to the extreme through Jesus. Don't think only about your own affairs. I'm interpreting that as the, the circle of comfort, right? Don't only just think about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and, and what they're doing. Your attitude should be the same that, that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God. He made himself nothing. He took the humble position of a slave and he appeared in human form. And in human form, he obediently humbled himself even further, by dying a criminal's death on a cross. Je Jesus had the ultimate comfort, <laughs> hanging out in heaven, being, being the center and being the object of praise and adoration. And, and he had the ultimate comfort, and he traded that in to obey the Father and leave this circle. And he walked across not just the room, he walked across the cosmos for you and me, so that, that by suffering this brutal death and taking our sin upon him, he would reconcile our relationship to the Father so that you and I could have heaven forever, forever with God. That is a deep love. That is deep. 
And I think Jesus would say to us, if he was here right now in the flesh talking to us, standing right here, I think he would say to us, listen, because I loved you that much, I'm asking you to love my people and my children that much. That in your relationship circles, your relational circles, I'm just not asking you to walk across the cosmos. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just asking you to take several steps towards the people that I love to walk across the room. And I think that leads into this third step that I see. And that is getting into the zone of the unknown, being prompted and listening to how the Holy Spirit might use you in relationships and to do something risky. And I think the, the third step is this. Just walk. Just walk. The thing I love about Jesus' ministry is he gives us multiple examples all the time of how to continue to walk to cross the room to other people and later this week I, I write this down john john chapter 4 i'd really like you later this re- week to read through john chapter 4 and i wish we could read through the entirety of it but we simply just don't have time this morning to do that which is unfortunate so i'd love for you to do that on your own and i'm going to paraphrase and just kind of tell you what's going on in John chapter 4 here. As Jesus walked into relationship. Here's Jesus. It's a story where he and his 12 disciples, I mean, they're, they're literally walking across the desert here. They've been walking, walking, and they get to this well. This well is actually known as, as Jacob's well. And they're hot, and they're hungry, and they're probably thirsty. And I'm, I'm picturing in my mind that the disciples, they wanted to go get something probably to, 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 to satisfy their hunger or, 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 or something like that. And so they take off. But, but Jesus doesn't take off. He kind of extradites himself from his circle of comfort. And he doesn't go with the disciples. Instead, he hangs around. He hangs behind. And he, he sees this woman by the well. And, and this woman is drawing up some water and and, and he, he doesn't just kind of walk across some, some dry desert to get to this woman. He literally walks across some like barriers, some cultural barriers that are between her and this woman. First of all, she was a, she was a, a Samaritan woman. Jesus was a Jewish man. They were, they were bitter enemies of each other. And on that fact alone, Jesus should have probably never have talked to her based on that fact alone. But he walked across that barrier. He also walked across this barrier of, of the fact that he was a rabbi. He was a teacher. And, and, and culturally at that time, a rabbi, a teacher, would not, not talk to a lady like this. This lady, and she, was, she was bad according to the culture at that time. She had she'd been with five men. She divorced all of them. And the man she was with, wasn't he, and she was shacking up with this guy, and she wasn't even married to him. And Jesus knew this. And he crossed that barrier. And he goes through all of that to gain relationship with her. And as she's drawing water, they begin to talk. And to make a really long story short, he reveals himself as, as Savior. He reveals himself that he is the Messiah that God, God has sent. He's the one. And that he could give her living water so her soul wouldn't thirst anymore. And in John chapter 4, she, she places her faith in, in Jesus. She then takes off and goes back to the town, and she begins to tell everybody about this guy that she met. 
about, about this one, the Messiah, the one that God had sent. And, and, and so they, 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 they talk Jesus into staying two days in their village. And Jesus does that. He stays, and, and, and the Bible says that dozens upon dozens of people put their faith in him that day. And they became Christ followers. And, and I want to really encourage you to read this on your own this week. Because, because if you could just imagine with me the part of the story that's not written. And we're just going to imagine if we could take this story and roll it ahead 15 years, right? Roll it ahead 15 years. Jesus has, has already died on the cross. He had his ministry. He died on the cross. He, 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 he uh, went back to heaven. He was raised. He resides in heaven. 15 years later, there's still all these families residing in this, this village. They've had children. These children have been raised, right? And maybe there's even grandchildren now. And, and, and maybe, maybe the people are sitting around one day and they start talking and, and saying, it's pretty amazing how this village has changed in 15 years. It's pretty amazing that, 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 that Christ, God, has changed our lives so much. How did that happen? How, how did that begin? Man, because I, see, I remember you telling me, I can't remember who told you, but I do remember that my mom and my dad were there that day and I think they told me, who was it? There was a woman. There was a woman. Who was that woman? Who was the woman that met Jesus? And because of that woman, 15 years, and we're extrapolating out, maybe thousands of people now know Christ and will have heaven forever in their hearts because Jesus walked across major barriers and then this woman walked across the room to people she knew. I feel like today the stakes, guys, are, the stakes are pretty high. There are people right here in this room that are, that, that are feeling, we talked about it last week, they're feeling lonely. There are people that you work with that, that are dying to know about God who, who loves them that are dying to understand, is there some kind of purpose for life? Is there, is there something worth living for? Is there something that would change your life? I feel like the stakes are incredibly high. And I feel like it doesn't get any better than this. And for me, I feel a great urgency today. And I hope you do too. A great urgency to walk across the room. And simply for the sake of even K2, more room to be tight, that you and I would walk across the room right here and realize amazing potential in relationships that God has designed right here in this room. And as I close, my time's up, but I want to leave you with a challenge this week. And the challenge is this. Would you be willing to take one rock walk across the room this week? And, and you've got to understand what I'm saying here. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not asking you to walk across the room with your Bible and a 40-pound cross hanging around your neck, all right, and pistol whip somebody. I'm not asking you to do that with your Bible. Because that's not going to be helpful. I'm asking you, would you simply walk maybe three cubicles down this week? Maybe your walk across the room is actually just crossing the street in your neighborhood to somebody that, that has been there for, for a long time. Maybe, maybe your walk this week is simply just walking from one side of this auditorium to the other 
to connect with somebody that you feel like the Spirit is prompting you to do that. Maybe you're picturing someone's face in your, in your mind right now that God is saying, oh, don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this opportunity. This is my design. But would you be willing to, to walk across the room once this week? It might be the soccer field. <laughs> it, it might be the, the football field. But whatever it is, would you extradite yourself from your circle of comfort and love someone? Now understand, I'm not, I'm not actually challenging you to invite someone to K2. <laughs> if you would stop doing that, we'd be fine. We'd have more parking. We wouldn't have to build buildings. So you guys are doing great at that. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to connect your life in friendship, to extend a hand of friendship this week and to see what God does through you. Would you do that? And, and I'd love to know what happens to you. I know this is weird, but I'd love to hear and celebrate with you what God does this week. We're going to do something really weird, really weird right now. <laughs> and for some of you, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill you. <laughs> for some of you that are you about ready to hear what I'm going to talk about, you're going to go, oh, no, I just don't want to do this. And I need to tell you, zero pressure, seriously. We, just, we totally respect your right you know, to, to, to be introverted or extroverted, however you want to be, and, and wired all differently and all that kind of stuff, and totally respect that. But we're not going to actually do uh, musical worship today. We're, we're going to actually do a different form of worship. And that is we're going to kind of put into practice what we've been talking about here. And to take the next 10 or maybe 15, it looks like 10 minutes, to, to j actually connect our lives with one another. And, and again, zero pressure. If you feel like, nah, man, I'll, I'll do it another time, then feel, by all means, feel free to excuse yourself. But that's the whole reason we put you into your neighborhoods. There's going to be some really, really, really easy questions on, on the screen, like, what's your social security number? <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, where do you live? What do you, what, do you, what do you do for fun? Where have you traveled? What's your favorite sports team? Some really, really simple connecting questions so that you and I would maybe drop our, our circle of comfort just a little bit, just a little bit, to step out into the zone of the unknown and be the body of Christ. And do exactly what he designed us to do. And that is to be in relationship with one another so that we would know how to be in relationship in our different domains of society where we work and in, in, in our classrooms and in our neighborhoods. And so would you stand up with me? Here, here, here are the rules for this time. And again, feel free, to, feel free to participate or not. But here are the rules for this time. You cannot... Be in a group with more than eight people. You cannot do that. Uh, eight or less is great. And, and we'd love to, as soon as I pray and, and, and get you guys on your way, I'd love for you to turn your chairs and actually just make a mess of the place and turn your chairs and look towards each other and have some fun. And if, if you think these questions are boring, throw out a weird one like, you know, uh, would you rather have a wolverine or a hedgehog? You know, whatever. You know, whatever it is you want to do. But make them, make them real easy, you know. And, and, and spend, a, spend some time actually, spend some time actually just getting to know somebody. And, and again, if you're introverted, I, I totally respect that this might be kind of hard. And, uh, and, and stats show that 50% of us, um, I, I said us, 50% of you are, <laughs> are introverted. And, um, and so that's good for me to know that. 
But uh, use this time as an act of worship because really, if we're doing what God has called us to do, we're giving him glory. And so that's what we want to do this morning. And, and uh, I'm not going to come back up at the end. You're going to know it's over when, uh, when the screen changes and when the, when the music changes and, and feel free to, at that time to, to leave. Um, and, and, and during this time too, another great act of worship is we're going to take an offering and just a, a chance to say to God, ah, man, you have given me so much and I just I want to give back to you just a portion and, and I do it because you want my heart. You know, he doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. And this is a great way for me to do that. And listen, if, if you're here visiting, again, zero pressure, really. Uh, offering is just a chance for those who, who, who uh, feel compelled to give to God. And so that's what we're going to do. All right? So are we all clear on that? A lot of instructions there. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. But uh, enjoy this time. Enjoy this time. Next 10 minutes. Would you pray with me? And then you'll be on your way. Jesus. I first of all just I want to thank you so much that you initiated with us. That that we have been so loved by you that you you did whatever it would take even to the point of death to walk across the cosmos to be in relationship with us. And God, I pray that you would then in turn use our lives to to not only uh, encourage those here to, to be involved in relationship here, but to, to, to literally impact the world by pushing out the walls of your kingdom because you are in us and it's, it's us loving with the capacity that you have given us because you've loved us. It's us loving those around us. So God, give us your promptings this week. I pray that you would give us courage. It is, it's a scary thing, God, to, to walk into the zone of the unknown. So give us courage this week, God, as we, as we uh, form new relationship. We just take one step one step, one walk across the room this week. God, speak clearly to us as to what that might be. And Lord, in the end, use us to bring glory to yourself and glory to your kingdom. God, I thank you for K2, and I thank you for the deep relationships that have been formed here. God, it's true evidence that you are among us. As God, I, would, I pray that you would continue that. I pray that you would continue to just gather people into relationship here so that no one would have to stand alone. So God, it's to you that we give glory and honor. In the great name of Jesus, amen.